Hello. Hi, Merlin, man. Oh, hello. How are you? I'm fine, Merlin. Oh, man. There's a slight uh, tear in the fabric of time for a second. I had a, I had a blip. I was, I was bolding some text and uh, very confused. You should see very my confused. shoes. <laughs> in these shoes? I got... Uh, how you, you doing, that? buddy? I'm awesome. There's a Saturday Night Live thing I laughed at. Like the first thing since like uh, 1978. It was very funny. First time you've laughed since 1978. No, you know what? Do you remember laughter? Does anybody remember laughter? <laughs> Do you follow any of my suggestions from music and media? I love your obscure Zeppelin references. <laughs> well, Ooh. don't be alarmed now. Um, it's just a spring clean for the May Queen. Can I just give you, can I tell you one thing, Dan? Go ahead, Colin. Just tell you one thing. Thank you very much. First time filler. Now, there are two paths you can go by. All right? But in the long run, there's still time to change the road drawn. We'll be back in a minute. That one, see, I would watch that if Dr. Phil... I would still just, watch that. I would, if Dr. Phil did like a week of just giving advice based on Stairway to Heaven, I would totally watch that. Let me tell you one more thing, Dan, before we go. We need to wrap this up. You need to look into her eyes, right? You give her two right here, okay? And you tell her this. As we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our soul, okay? There is a lady we all know who shines white light and wants to show. How everything still turns to gold when all are one and one is all. To be a rock, not to roll. Happy New Year, everybody. How do you come up with that stuff? And then you go it's like something, 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 something Hobbit. Always, uh, <laughs> always holds the mic in his left hand, pretty much. You ever notice that? I, I don't know if you mean Dr. Phil or... Um, <laughs> Robert Plant. Did you see that fives I did? It was um, mm. five, <laughs> five. It was like five subtle indications Robert Plant is ready to have intercourse with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't updated the site in a while. Uh, which site is that? 43 Plants? Here we go. Five, five cues Robert Plant is ready to have sexual intercourse. He gently inquires as to where you like to put the turkey baster. <laughs> oh, Repeatedly my. offers to stem, demonstrate how Blighty squeezes the lemonade. <laughs> Stands in your front yard, pantsless, swinging a garden hose in lazy figure eights. Uh, jump to number five. He drops his semi-erect penis on your dessert plate. Dunga, 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 dunga. I got... Uh, I'm doing good. How are you, Dan? I got 80... Excuse me. If you include the references, I got 90, I got 90, 90 lines today. 90 lines. Yeah, no, but it's, it's going to be tight. What Not does that mean, 90 lines? 90, li- 90, 90 lines, but a New Year's resolution ain't one. Because uh, I rap and I rap. You got millionaire uh, book guy after this, right? We got to go fast. You got millionaire uh, iOS guy after this. <laughs> yes, right. You know he bought he buys like two dogs a week. He throw, he throws them out when he has to take them to the bathroom. It's so funny that people <laughs> get dogs and then have kids, and they're like, "Wow, what do we do with this dumb dog now?" Oh man, my kid is so. <laughs> what annoying. do we get that dog? And they'll never say it. They never say no. it. Oh, no, they can't. They, they can't act like they still the care about it, too. And then privately, when they're talking to their spouse, they're like, what did we get this thing for? Well, the dog thinks he's people. Yeah, we just know? wanted a kid, and we didn't realize it. Boy, that's hard. That's like accidentally buying like the cheap version of something, and then like getting the good one. You're like, man, Fisher Stereo, what? A poor man can only afford the very best. Ah, I cried because I had no dog, and then I met a man who had no iOS app. You know, uh, they sent a Christmas card with their dog on it. What a I know. cute doggy dog. I oh. guess I, it, you know, I appreciate the effort. I don't even know his address. I got to find out his address. It would be on the the return. I think address it's Wayne, Wayne Mansion, uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> That's right. Just address <laughs> it to the Wayne family. <laughs> Just look for the chimney with hundred dollar bills coming out of it. <laughs> 
Objective C. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you excited? This is our last show of the year, Dan. Are you excited? It doesn't feel any different. No. Than the show we did before. Yeah. Hmm. And that's my fault. <laughs> I got ninety. I got ninety lines here. What do you got? What does that mean when you say hmm? you have ninety? Lines? I don't know how to do anything in sad. Awkward. I've got uh, <laughs> just counting the lines. Hey, you know what I learned today? If you want to open a big file, go ahead and just use BB Edit. You don't want to do that in the text main. No. Wow. No. And we'll talk about that later uh, in a thing, but I had to open up a two... 90, 90 lines. I had to open up like a, like a two meg text file. I was all Syracuse. I was screaming, screaming with slashes and backslashes at my text main. Why is this taking so long to open? I do not like the colors of this beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> There are at least 14 things wrong with this beach ball. <laughs> you can't hear me speaking. Lego. Um, somebody gave us a fish bowl. Now, how do you give somebody a fish bowl? What does that mean? Well, it's a bowl for to put a fish in. No, so that what means you, you have it. I don't have it. Why don't I well, get it? Now my kid wants a fish. Oh, you mean they gave you, when you say us, you don't mean you and me. Sorry, let's start over. Good week? Big week. Huge. Oh, huge week. Huge final penultimate ultimate. This is the say, biggest week of the year. I hate when people say penultimate when they mean ultimate or big it drives me crazy bananas bonkers what does uh why you know what penultimate means you know this you went to college it it does not mean the ultimate no it means to, to, it, to it is often used to mean the ultimate but that is not right what the word means right like self-help is used to mean help <laughs> it means if i means if i remember right it means next to last yes uh in the, in the parlance of monty or Python, second to last it's the last last save one Last the second last, last save one. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Right before uh, the uh, end. So when you say penultimate eaten. should have eaten. Oh, you didn't eat? I had eggs. I told you this morning I had three things this morning. I played Jenga, I had eggs, and then I had a problem. But I'm good now. Do you do you trade an eBay bucks? Hmm? Do you trade an uh, eBay bucks? No, I, I take beans, uh Bitcoin, and uh Tuppence. I don't understand what that question means. Now, do you do anything with eBay? I find eBay extremely confusing. There is only one thing that I will buy or sell on eBay anymore. Meat. <laughs> Good guess. Meat for meat. sale. Fresh meat. Meat, meat and apartments. <laughs> uh, what? Tell me. Tell me. Oh, no, no. I know. I know. You know I what this. it is. It's going to be comic books. Of course. Huh. How do you know it's like VG or, or XL or, you know? Well, it, if it... it the only kind that you should ever buy or sell on there would be one of two situations. One situation is it's CGC, which means it's slabbed up and it's got a rating on it. And I'm sorry, Dan, I just had a stroke. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> what does that mean? The second, that, that... The second situation mm. uh, would be if, if there are very good scans of the cover and maybe even the inside. And any, anything else, you know, just don't look. Skip it. Skip it. Just be honest. Do you, I mean, like, I know I don't do anything, but like, do you ever just get wasted and Never. just buy up? Buy a crap ton of Harvey comics. Uh, I don't know what Harvey comics are. And they're all no, kind I of the same. It's like Richie Rich. They're all kind of the same character. They're all a little doughy. Isn't Casper? Casper. I think you're thinking of right? Boris the Bear. Boris the Bear. Hmm. I think you're thinking of Boris Badenoff. That was uh, the guy with uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky's the voice of Cindy Lou Who. I think I mentioned that. You did, but who does the voice of Bullwinkle? Oh, uh, Bullwinkle is done. I, you know, I don't know that. I don't. Hmm. Hmm. You know what's good is Horton Hears a Who. 
I like that more every time I watch it. Never it's seen really, it. Never seen it. <gasps> so good. But uh, you know what was on regular uh, TV the other day? Yesterday, Christmas, I think. Christmas Story. Your favorite movie. Hmm, which is that? Uh, though actually, it's it's a movie that I want every time I watch it, I think of you. As, I, as the, uh, the character for whom the movie is named. Iron God, Giant. Oh, God, I love that movie. I, I, there's three Brad Bourbon movies that are like my favorite movies. That's a good movie. Hmm. You know, what I like in that is the, uh, the Harry Connick. I like him. Uh, Harry, Harry McConnick, Harry McGarnacle. What's his name? Harry Connick Jr. I love, I love when the big, uh, when the iron giant does the cannonball and he's still like got the paper and stuff. Yeah. That's good. Hmm. Superman. So, oh, don't make me cry. I know. A little bit tacked on. Let's, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to the meat here. We got to hurry. We got to hurry before Bruce Wayne has his show. No, nah, Bruce can, he can wait. He'll be no, fine because no, he, he rescheduled, he rescheduled on me. Ooh, tell me more. Well, our usual time is Monday, but he's, you know, he's doing stuff. He's a busy. Mm hmm. At the Wayne Manor, he's very busy. He's got meetings all day, stacked up. He's got to take in his twenties to turn into hundreds. Yeah, yeah, I love that guy. Uh, I had two bits of non-essential follow-up. Okay, they're kind of doing quick. Yeah, go ahead, Colin. Thank you. Uh, first time uh, GoDaddy lever. You know, GoDaddy. I've been with GoDaddy forever, and here's the thing: the I worst. actually had I had a site. I know, I know, it's you and Groobs. Well, that's part two. Um, part A is I went to GoDaddy, and I'll tell you a funny story. Before uh, we knew each other, I had a site called Vera Sign Off. <laughs> I, I did this in like I was like in Plone or something. I don't remember. I was pretty pre nuke, but I did this site called Vera Sign Off. <laughs> I was, was so angry at Network Solutions, yeah, which was then I guess bought. Let me get this straight. Vera Sign bought Network Solutions. Is that right? Anyway, it I was think just Vera Sign is Vera Sign's okay. They're on the was, up and up, but the Network Solutions whole, the way it was was yeah. It was a giant hairy scrotum of bad, and they did all <laughs> kinds of incredibly nasty stuff. Like they would lock in your domain if it was like close. They did so much bad stuff. My uh, my pal uh, Leslie Harpold lost her domain because someone from Germany faxed them something, and then they were like not picking up the phone after that. It was just a miserable place. And every single person, this is back in the day, almost every single person I went to. Some said Joker. Is that the German one? <laughs> is that the German one? Am I thinking <laughs> of? Uh, I don't know Austria. Anyway, there was Joker. There was another one. Namecheap is the best one to use now. You're getting ahead of me, and so. Everybody said go to the GoDaddy because mm-hmm. it's cheap and it's easy to use, and it was. It was. It was. It, there was it a time was. people need to know. There was a time when GoDaddy was like they were really good. It was straightforward. They were the least expensive, but they were they were the real deal. And this is why it's a big Arizona lobster trap because I have 121 domains, a lot of which I'm going to let go. And the whole reason I haven't changed till now, well, two reasons. First of all, like I, I don't I don't know if I should say this, but I've worked with them, and the people I work with were there were fantastic. Like so many companies. Like the people that are inside working their butt off are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And my contact there is like one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. They were a great client to work with. Uh, they were fantastic. They were wonderful. And, and like I said, in that talk where I cried, the guy who runs the place is completely bananas. As we know, you know, he killed all of the, uh, all of the uh, yes. elephants in India. That's what I've heard. You know the worst part of it? <laughs> I'm going to jump to number two. That was the best episode of the talk show ever. Okay, now I'm done. That was the best talk show ever. And everyone should go listen to it because Gruber is on fire. Because of his office party. Anyway, so the point is Bob Parsons shot all these elephants from a helicopter. And so finally, it's like, you know what? I love the people in that company, but like there's so many reasons that they've bugged me over the years. The whole like trying to register a domain and it's like you're it's like trying to run down a hallway and a bunch of people trying to hit you with a with a sock full of pennies. Like I, oh, I accidentally got Enterprise overnight tonight, gold, silver, platinum, CS, you know? Yeah. What? You know? 
their their whole business model in some ways I think is based on drunk people just trying to register their name and accidentally buying an SSL certificate. That, that's that's what the whole thing's based on. And then it's a lobster trap, right? Anyway, yeah, you know what? And I just want I want to go on record as saying it's not specifically because of the SOPA. That sure doesn't help. But you know, killing all the elephants, SOPA, which I think means soup in Spanish. Uh I'm finally doing it, and I'm I'm torn. I've already done a few to name check. I, name check, name cheap, cheapy. Name cheap. I've done. <laughs> I've tried to do four, except boy, does it take a long time for GoDaddy to approve those. Mm-hmm. But I've been working with, and the other one I was looking at. Everybody says there's this concierge deal, concierge mm-hmm. <laughs> that you can. You know the concierge deal. You heard about this where you got to hover and they'll like move them all for you. Have you heard about this? I don't. I wouldn't trust something like that. I know you send them your creds, and. Uh, well, I, you know what? I'm not a domain expert, but I'm going to tell you two things that I did that I really recommend if you're on GoDaddy. All right. Um, I'm a raving paranoiac, so I had them all locked, right? Of course. I had them all locked. You, know, like, spy, you, do, you do the privacy on there. You put everything on there. Lock well, it down. And, and disclosure, they were kind enough to give me, as because I was a friend of the you know family or whatever, they gave me free um, privacy. And that's a lot of dough. On, on all those, right? Anyway, not to go into too much detail here, but just if you're, what I would do, what I have done and I will recommend, e- even if you're just considering it, you know, December 29th is supposed to be like, you know, I don't want GoDaddy to fail, but like, I don't feel great about what they're doing as a company. I you think don't that, have negativity toward them, but you, you, you're simply ready to move forward. I don't have anything against the people who work there, but that guy's got crazy eyes. He's nuts, you know? Anyway, I shouldn't have mentioned him in that talk. <sighs> First thing I did was unlock Right, because if they're locked, that's an extra hurdle that they're probably going to find some way. Lock means basically when you lock your domain, it means that you're, nobody's allowed them to move it unless you've gone in and expressly said so. Now, having said that, there's still an authorization code. There's like a little hashy deal for for every one of these. So whenever you want to move your domain over to somewhere else, you still got to go enter an authorization code. Another step. So two things I would do. First of all, I went ahead and unlocked all of them just unlocked. to have it out of the way. Second, there's instructions for this you can Google or we can put up. I found a very helpful tutorial on how to export. I can't believe they still let you do this. You can export as a CSV all of your information on your domains. So I'm dreading already having to go through and reset mm-hmm. my DNSs and my forwards. You know, I'll, I'll probably save like still at least 40 or 50 of these domains. A lot of them I'll let go because they're silly, you know? But like if, you only have, if you only have like one and you're on GoDaddy, you can, there's a little link that'll say how to, you know, to send me my EPP code. Yeah, that's right. EPP it. code. I guess that's, yeah, the authorization. Yeah. And then, you're right. It's an authorization email and an EPP code. It's not like, horrible. It's not here's horrible. my two tricks. Like, do the unlock, but then also, um, I can't give you all the steps right now, but basically what you'll end up doing is exporting. If you have more than a few, you're really going to want this. It exports as a CSV all of your information, primary and secondary DNS. Uh, was there a forward? What is the host for this? All nice. those different kinds of things. You're going to love having that. And here's why. If you do go with Namecheap, and I don't have a dog in this fight, but if you do go with Namecheap, do you know about this, Dan? If you want to transfer domains, you drop in a list of the domains. Easy enough, right? Sounds good. But did you know you can do the domain name, comma, EPP, and it's mm-hmm. already entered in? Did not know that. So if you got a... Boy, I'm talking a lot of letters. If you've got a CSV of all of those, it's easy enough to just grab those and Syracuse that into two, you know, two awk fields said mm-hmm. something and drop all that in and you're good to go. But... um. Yeah, I'm doing that. I feel bad because they've been good to me as as people, and, but as a company, man, those are nice elements. They have very small ears, which put them at a disadvantage. You know, uh, if you're an Indian elephant and you can hear what's going on, you know what I'm saying. You might not hear that Horton has a who. And really, let's be honest. I mean, if you've got a, you've got an elephant, you got a kangaroo, you got chimps or possibly monkeys, 
and a toucan all in the same place. Tell me what magical place that is. Hmm. You should watch Horton Hears <laughs> It too. You can get it with the Grinch for one price on the iTunes store. Out the door, boom. So I'm doing that. Uh, at a talk show, people should go listen to that. It was really funny. Really, really funny. Hmm. <sighs> My God, I just said so many words in 18 minutes. I'm winded. Hmm. All the glitters is gold. Moving on. Ready? Hey, how you been? Hang on. <laughs> I had something going on. You know, I'm always sniffing because I got the allergies. And now I got some kind of like really, I shouldn't get into it. But I, my family's had the, uh, not quite a sinus infection, but more than a head cold thing that everybody mm. gets. Terrible. Miserable. Terrible. Miserable. Spend all day in the shower. What does that do? Nothing. I don't really wash. I just <laughs> spray this menthol spray and sit there and groan in the shower. <laughs> What do you spray the menthol? Oh, uh, just in the air. And I guess consequently, like me. I don't know. It was a Christmas gift. Stocking stuffer. Um, how are you doing? You good? Oh, yeah. Okay. We debated this. We had a very, very serious uh, online conversation today about what the show should be about. Mm-hmm. And the idea that uh, my secondary idea uh, was to talk about the five things we said that were half smart this year. We're the five things. Yeah, because people love lists, you know. Are you kidding me? You know how you get on the dig with that? You know about dig? Have you heard about dig? Yeah, that's how you do. You you use a certain kind of a title, and then you have a that's list right. of ten things or thirty three things. It almost doesn't it matter it, what the number. Right. Is. It helps. It helps if it's surprising. Must credit Drudge. So we're now we're going with the primary. We're going with the problem with New Year's resolutions. Um, New Year's resolutions, and why I prefer something that I call fresh starts and modest changes. Hmm. Or colon. <laughs> Some potential downsides of committing to life change while drunk and wearing a paper hat. Because hmm. that's, uh, I think that's part of the problem. These New Year's resolutions, you know, people do these, Dan. Do you know about New Year's resolutions? This is the thing where you say, this year, in the next, you know, the coming year, I am going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for some reason, saying that at the start of the year makes it less likely for you to actually do it than if you just started doing it. I think that's, I think that's good. If there were a museum of, of terrible self-help ideas, this would have its own wing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause it, it, I mean, in a nut, if the new year's, new year's resolutions worked, you wouldn't need them. Like so many of these, these things in this racket, right? I mean, part of the problem with new year's resolutions for a lot of us setting aside the drunken a paper hat part is that we, I think one problem, when I say problem, I mean, I think a lot of people get frustrated because they have all this enthusiasm to say, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? Like, right. oh, the calendar's changing, so I should be different. Like, I'm not really sure how that works, but, you know, you decide you're going to do this new thing, you're going to try something different. A lot of it starts in a good place with a good heart. Yeah. And uh, we kind of commit or half commit to some kind of ridiculously outlandish penultimate change in ourselves that's going to make us this really different person. Uh, and most of us... In my experience, for myself and for a lot of people I know, you end up failing miserably and feeling worse than when you started. Right. Which, if you do that for enough years, becomes a kind of rehearsal where you, the real habit you're building is sucking. You're building the habit of <laughs> unrealistic expectations you can never live up to and then being really great at sucking at it faster and faster every year mm. until, until you got a big scrotum of anger. <clears throat> I'm going to do that one more time. Okay. For the end of the show. Okay. So that's what I want to talk about. So I, I this is kind of funny. I was going back in. Um, I, st- I did this series of posts in 2006 called "Fresh Starts and Modest Changes," and it was, you know, I guess around that January of that year. And I was obviously, and I was saying, you know, how I, 
it drives me crazy. I'm terrible at this. I think most people are. And you know what I never realized? One of the posts, one of the things I'll mention uh, toward the end of this is suggestions, is um, what I call the email DMZ. And in this post, I was like, well, here's one thing you can do for a fresh start is like take all the email that's in your inbox box right now and go put it in a folder called DMZ. DMZ, demilitarized zone. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's an imperfect word, but it's catchy. You know, people like blog posts with catchy titles. I used to be great at that. And so what do you do? Well, you can't, oh, I can't do that. I got to answer these email. Well, like, okay, then why didn't you do that? Why don't you give yourself a fresh start? Why don't you start sucking less and faster? What does putting, putting, putting in in, in folder do, though? Just a, a, a mindset? Because you, you do still have to go and answer them, right? But it makes okay. you feel like you, you've got a clean do, slate. Do with, you? Like lying to yourself. Is it? Do you have to answer them? Well, then why, why, have, why haven't you? You follow? Yeah. Maybe, like, you, could, maybe you, you, were, you were, you know, frozen. You couldn't. Oh, it's something okay. too, too emotional. Hmm. You mean like, like a big, uh, like a big, uh, like a Costco. You're like a lobster. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I'm talking a lot about lobster. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. I love this a new, new thing. I could be a thing. I, you know, but here's the thing. And like, this is, this is the, uh, this is the problem with the self-help stuff is you say, oh, I don't need that. Okay. Well then why don't you go ahead and answer all that email? Put differently, like, are you going to do better at your email today by keeping that in there or by getting it out? Because my feeling is for myself, there's sometimes where I go, you know what? I felt bad about answering this a month ago. I felt bad about, I should say not having answered this. I felt bad about not having answered this like two months ago. And I felt just a little bit bad about not having answered this four months ago. Mm. And so what in my life is going to change? And remember, every day new emails coming in, right? This is getting ahead of myself a little bit, but it's actually an instructive example. So if all that is new stuff is coming in every day, that almost certainly is more timely and potentially important than the stuff from three months ago. Well, okay, when is there going to be a great day for you to change your mind about an email you didn't answer three months ago? You know what you could do? How about this? How about you empty out your inbox and then tell yourself, I'm going to start trying to suck less. I might suck again. And if you want to go and answer all the stuff in that DMZ folder, do it. That's great. But at least start sucking less. Like you don't get to weigh, I don't want to do weight. I don't be mean about weight. But like, for example, like you don't get to be somebody who drinks a gallon of vodka a day without at some point on the continuum being somebody who drank half a gallon of vodka a day. Mm. And if you'd stopped at the point where you're drinking half a gallon of vodka, still not a great place to be. But it sure would have kept you from getting to the point where you're drinking a gallon. This goes for money. This goes for work. This goes for all kinds of stuff. If you know the trend line on what you're doing is poor, well, the first thing to do is to stop sucking. And that's what the fresh start means. It means, you know what? I'm not going to be perfect just because the calendar changed. It means that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the stones to say that, you know what? I haven't done this well in the past. And I'm, I'm allowed to like try and put that behind me. And I might fail again. I mean, you know, failing often could be a good indication that like you've got resilience. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It means that you're resilient. I mean, if you fail once and then never fail again, maybe you're not trying at the right stuff. So that's not inspirational. That was just one example. But can I tell you why I told you that? Yeah. Because somewhere in that article, I don't have it in front of me, but somewhere at the end of that blog post, I said, oh, and, and like in a parentheses at the end, I was like, and someday ask me how to get uh, an empty inbox in 20 minutes. Mm. And all these people were like, oh my God, tell me how to do that. <laughs> right. So, so, so you know what I This wrote? is like the biggest Merlin man tip ever. Yeah. I, in response, I said, okay, how about this new series I'm going to do about your email called Inbox Zero? So that all actually had a genesis in this Fresh Starts part. And that DMZ thing, dude, it's the biggest cheat in the world. But if you're really great at email, you don't need it. 
And if you're really terrible at email and think it's bad, well, okay, you know what? Let's make a bet. Let's uh, let's let, let's put down a tuppence on on where you'll be a month from now. Will you be better off by having kept that in there, or will you be better off by not having by by moving that aside in order to make room for stuff that makes more sense and giving yourself permission to stop sucking? Because that's really kind of what a New Year's resolution is. Um, is is it's some desire inside of us to stop sucking at something. Of course, we end up framing that as I want to be awesome at something, but you can't be awesome at something until you stop sucking at it, which is so incredibly obvious that it's kind of surprising that more people don't realize it, you know? And so very quickly, I have, I have my, uh, so, so for, you with me so far? Yes. Do you do, do you do a new year's resolution? No. No, it's not your, it's not your gig. You're already pretty much perfect, right? You got the Satori. Hmm. Oh God, I love SodaStream. We should get them as a sponsor. You think they do that? I, I don't I don't really have an in with them, but I think it'd be a great sponsor. It's one of those things like Apple. It's one of those things like where they, they don't really need sponsors. They're so good that like they don't really need us. Well, I guess that's why everyone in our audience owns one, right? Yeah, well, you know, SodaStream's not getting the ice cream sandwich update, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, I think there's I think there's four reasons. I just made this up, but here's my four reasons. I think why uh, resolutions don't work for most of us, and if they do work, you know, you should be listening to podcasts. You should just go around being perfect, except for that last talk show. It was really good. You should listen to that. Uh, you have no, you have nothing of four things. You got no infrastructure, you got no resources and foresight, you got no basis, history, and prologue, and you got no care. Um, if you have all four of those things, you don't need New Year's resolutions. If you have infrastructure, resources, a history of um, positive change, and you care a crap ton about stuff, why would you need a calendar to tell you when it's time to change? Fine for Merlin. Um, no infrastructure. Okay, so... Do you have a plan in place for when this thing goes wrong? You're going to lose weight. You're going to run. You're going to write every day. You're going to meditate. Like all of these things are potentially really good ideas and the kinds of things I've made resolutions or even just I've just resolved to do at some point, not just as a resolution, but um, if you don't have an infrastructure in place for that, like what's your, what's your plan for the days that you're just too tired to run? Is that going to be okay? Right? If you fail, will you just stop? Are you, I mean, if you screw up at this one time, is it over? Because really, that's the contest of New Year's resolutions for some people. Is did I, when did I stop doing this flawlessly because that's the day that I stopped? Well, if it really matters a lot to you, then think about that infrastructure, which gets us to number two, the resources and foresight. Um, you know, <laughs> I have a friend who's going to have a baby um, in the next week or two. That's probably a pretty bad week for her to, to start getting ready for a marathon. Like, it's not a great week for her to start, you know, working her way up to you know, whatever, 13, 17, 20 miles, which is really obvious, right? Okay, well, you're going to lose weight because it's the, hol- the holidays are ending, right? Okay, great. Um, are you going to have relatives in town who want to eat out a lot? Well, yeah. Okay, did you already clean out your cabinets? No. Okay, did you buy a bunch of healthy food to replace the crappy food? Mm, no. Well, do you have a really big project due this week that's going to have you eating hoagies at 10 at night? Maybe. Well, that's not resources and foresight. You're planning to fail if you don't have that stuff in place. If you're going to exercise, have you already worked out some kind of a sensible schedule with a ramp up, right? Or are you going to say, I really, like you're, like you're getting ready to knock down a door. You're going, I'm going to run five miles a day. I, you know, that's, that's where the crazy comes in, right? If you're not being realistic, the infrastructure basically means that you've kind of thought through what place this sort of has in your life and what you're going to do as contingencies. The resources and foresight part means you've thought through enough to see it as these sort of actions in your life. And that gets us number three, which is you may not have any basis 
history or prologue. You may have no, you're not, you don't, you're not allowed to make this resolution because you've never done anything in the world approaching this, right? Let's say, for example, you decide you're going to run a marathon. Maybe you're going to do like a team and training thing. Well, that's great. If you've run before, if you success, you know, start at a more basic level. If you've ever successfully completed any self-improvement plan in the world, even the most modest one, well, that's, that's a pretty good step zero. If you've never successfully finished anything self-improvement related or never seen long-term results from self-improvement, well, that's a pretty great project right there, is ask yourself why that stuff hasn't been working. If you've made these kinds of plans, if you had the up and down weight, if you've been mad at yourself for not writing, um, in my case, like the meditation, I think in my case, I just never had the infrastructure or the foresight. I mean, I never would plan it out to like, this is the time I do this. And th- this isn't that a big part of your practice? Like, you know, you don't have to sit around and go, will I do this today? When? Right? Yeah, you have to build it in. It has to be something that you don't think about. And the hardest part, and I remember when I first started it, I always used to think, well, why, why is this hard? I mean, you know, but they oh, would you're say, just, you're just sitting there. <laughs> they would say, no, they would say, you know, like, like just get up, get out of bed and, and, you know, in the morning or whenever it is that you do it and, and just go do it. And I used to think, well, that's no problem. You know, for me, it was no problem. But then all of a sudden you add, you know, whether it's visiting relatives, kids in the house, uh, whatever it is, uh, you add those kinds of real world things to it and it, it becomes a challenge. It's something that you then have to, it's almost like taking a vow in a way. And it's different from, I think, a, a traditional vow because you're, and I'm not just talking about meditation here. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about whatever it is that you're committing yourself to. You know, there's certain things that generally speaking, most people commit to do and they do it because they know if they don't, there will be potentially painful consequences. And a good example of that would be whatever it is you you do for a living. You know that if, for example, you don't get in the car and drive to wherever it is that you work, that there will be bad consequences. Maybe uh, they'll say, why aren't you here? Or maybe they'll say you're fired. And if you don't have that income, then maybe you can't live in the house that you bought or whatever it is. And those are very real consequences. But it's easy much easier to stop doing something where the consequence doesn't have as dramatic of an effect on your life, whether it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to run today. Like I said, cause yeah, I mean, I got, you know, it looks like it might rain and there's a thing on, on, on TV I wanted to see. It's really easy right. to just not run because what well, what? it's only one day. It's only one day. Oh, I, ne- I never did it before. Why would it be any different now? Right. But, but also with the job thing, you're talking about a certain kind of self-imposed negative reinforcement where you're enough of a grown-up that you can, you know, uh, put certain events together to go that if this happens, it's not uh, implausible to think that this thing three steps from that might happen. Right. Right. Now you do that too much and you become a crazy person, but uh, what you're saying is totally sane. But I mean, in that same way, if you've never been down that path and maybe failed and failed and failed and failed and eventually succeeded, well, that's still very mysterious. Right. And, and that's why, that's why I say, for example, like when you say it like a vow, like I know you don't mean it precisely this way, but I think most people do mean it as a vow as mm. in, I swear to God, I'm going to be the best meditator in the world in a month. And you've now set yourself up with a zero and a one. Like if you fail at all at this, then you just give up. And if that sounds extreme, well then ask yourself how many resolutions you've kept past the 8th of January. Mm. Right. So, but now, and now let's add a little bit of uh, an angle to that. If you make this vow to yourself, you resolve that once the clock hits midnight, you're going to start doing this thing. That could be meditation, could be any of these things. Well, again, now what if you had to travel at some point that week? Like, like is that going to put a wrinkle in it? Like, what if your plane gets delayed? Do you have a plan for that? Right. 
Well, and, and it, I guess what I'm saying ultimately is, do you have a plan for doing that despite bumps, for staying with it? And maybe almost as importantly, how okay is it if you fail at this once? How okay is it if you fail at this seven times? Because I think in the self-help and uh, especially in, you know, in this case, in the um, New Year's resolution racket, you completely set yourself up for failure by making it this all or nothing proposition, right? And, and, and you know, uh, that's not the way you change as a person. And, and I'll, again, let's come back to the old uh, chestnut, that Thoreau quote uh, from Walden. I say, beware of all enterprises that require new clothes and not rather a new wearer of clothes. <laughs> if there is not a new man, how can the new clothes be made to fit? So if really you're saying like, I'm going to put on this costume of being someone who meditates, or I'm going to put on, I'm going to go to REI and buy this costume of somebody who does extreme cliff camping. I don't even know if that's a thing. Like you're, well, that you can go and buy all those clothes that you want. You can dress up like a clown. I mean, it doesn't make any good at fitting inside a tiny car. Here's the thing, Dan. <laughs> clown, clown car. Yeah. And um, number four, yes, yes, yes. You don't care enough. If you really care, why did you need to wait for the calendar to change? And if you really care, then it won't matter if you fail at it. If you really care, you will follow some of the steps that we will discuss here for making this more doable. Um, and, and if you really care, you'll look at something beyond. Um, you, look, you, look, you look to something that inspires you beyond an unrealistic vision of what you can quickly become, even though you have no basis to believe that. So infrastructure, resources, history, care. I think that, that all works against us. And like I say, if, if you, I mean, look at it this way right now, if you're still listening to this and you're rolling your eyes about care, really? Well, like, then why is it a problem? Well, it's a problem because you haven't thought this through and you think that there's some magic wand that through just this dint of your will or pixie dust, you're going to be able to become uh, a marathon runner or, or a yogi or a, um, you know, or Ernest Hemingway. So that's enough setup, but that's, that's what I think gets in the way. There's probably more, but I know those have gotten in the way for me. And on, on just a, on a completely realistic basis, throw all of those away except for the resources and foresight for, part. I mean, to me, like, yes, you need to care, but let's be really honest. Like, you can force yourself to eat better, but it sure would help if you got rid of the potato chips. Really, don't even have them in the house. You know what? If you're going to quit smoking, don't just stop buying cigarettes. You got to throw out the cigarettes you got and you got to throw out the ashtray and you got to throw out the lighter you got to throw it all out, you know? Because, but think about this. The problem with smoking or drinking or any of those things that you're, you're trying to create an environment of stopping something that, that you're very scared to stop doing. And for people, in my experience, people who want to stop smoking or stop drinking or stop whatever, wanking it, I guess, is that there is <laughs> such a well-entrenched place in your life for that thing. For some people, stopping smoking is, really means stopping taking a break from their work. It means stopping having um, really easy uh, social um, interaction with people throughout the day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot more to it than just not inhaling smoke. It's also that like after dinner, you like to smoke. You know what I mean? It's, if you're going to stop drinking, it means being, maybe being scared to go to a bar for a while because of the temptation of that. I mean, you've got your own version of all of these. If it's writing, it might be you just really like to sleep in and there's no way you're going to get up at 5.30 to write. Well, if you've never gotten up at 5.30 in your life, don't imagine that, having it be January 1st, especially if you're hungover, makes it a great day to get up and start writing at 5.30. So that's all the negative stuff. And then we can get to the positive, positive stuff after I, I tell you a, a, about something I like. Is that all right? Yeah, I would love to hear it. Yeah, I'll keep this short. Uh, you know about the Squarespace? Have you heard about this? Uh, this is a, um, a new uh, sponsor. 
Yep. New guys. Um, uh, Ryan's parents are expecting very soon. <laughs> a little, little baby with skateboard shoes and awesome hair will be born. Actually, not too far from where Marco lives at Wayne Manor. Um, but no, I, I want to do a shorty today. I mean, uh, we love Squarespace. I use them. I use them and use them. And we, something we talked about last time that I want to talk about specifically today, because um, I just think it's mind-blowing. Um, like you, I'm moving more and more of my stuff to Squarespace. We talked last week about their really cool blog importer, mm-hmm. where if you've got stuff in Blogger or Movable Type, nothing against any of these, right? But just sometimes change happens, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't stop having a cardboard box industry just because we like our house, okay? That's what you call way home. We're back <laughs> in a minute. Um, but sometimes you want to try to, let's say you're like one of the jackals out there and you're ready to finally, you know, get a pair. And try Squarespace. Right. Make, making friends every day. Merlin Man. Uh, it's easy enough if you've got your stuff in Blogger or Movable Type or WordPress. It's got a one click importer. We talked about that. But here's what is so great. And as somebody who's trying to bring in stuff from a platform that's not as friendly mm-hmm. to export from, um, are these data snapshots. This is super nerdy, but I'm just going to cover it quickly. First of all, any journal you've got inside of Squarespace, and a journal is like a blog. You create as many of these as you want. You've got journals and journals. i got journals people can't see. I got, I got, <laughs> I'm behind seven proxies. I've got stuff that's just for me. You might have an intranet. Like, you can see Roderick on the line, or you can see Merlin's media site or Merlin's news site. Each one of those is its own journal, or like a blog. Now, what's cool is, you go to your configuration page for that, you hit a button. It exports all of your posts in the standard, extremely widely beloved movable type format, which is, I, I, it probably won't work everywhere, but it will work almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Movable type is close to a standard, I it's think. A, you know, I, I would say that it's a standard if only the, because it's been around so long. Right. And what's neat is, so I just want to reiterate that for, if you want to, if you want to go walk away, they're not going to stand there. They're not going to refuse your who is request, for example. Right. But, uh, but you can go in and do that. Fine. You know, they'll be fine. Go try, go other places. Right. If you love something, um, you know, set it with sting. But, uh, now here's the thing. Now you're Van Hoot and you're going, yeah, but I, I, I want to get all my stuff out. Data snapshot. And I wish I wish you were in front of your uh, your your site right now. I, you mentioned that you weren't. But yeah, you can I, can, I can't be. I can't. I can't. I know. I know. Like sure. Right Two right here. Eye of the tiger. You can go in and hit that data snapshot thing, and it will spit out in one giant XML file that you should not try to open in TextMate. Uh, it will split out one giant XML with the C data brackets and everything of basically your entire site, everything you've got, like all of your blog posts, all of your pages, all of your everything. So it's all there in this norm- normalized. Is that the right word? Sure. I mean, it's all. It's all in a format that like somebody who's had a week of Python could turn into anything. You know, Sir- Syracuse, my gosh, he can make the Mona Lisa out of that probably. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> I do not like Italian painting. But uh, that's what I love about this is that, <laughs> you know, oh gosh, what's the thing in programming where they say that you should be, I'm going to screw it up, never mind. But the thing where you should be uh, very... Uh, you know, like with XML, they used to say, why do I try to quote anything, Dan? You want to be very uh, conservative in, in, in what you make and very liberal in what you accept. And I think Squarespace does that really well. They're very liberal about accepting, um, they're conservative about making a format for output that is extremely uh, cogent and dependable, but they're also great about saying, you know, in, out, whatever, will handle it all. And I really like that. To me, that's a sign of a good company is when they're not like, <laughs> boy, what a brutal comparison I'm really tempted to make. They don't try to make it hard for you to go somewhere else and wait for an authorization code via email that may or may not come. They're a good company. And uh, this is the kind of thing that a good company does. It is, is, uh, makes it easy uh, 
uh, for you to do what you want to do and to respect you as a customer even when you're walking out the door, right. which you won't do because you're going to love Squarespace. You like the way I did that? I thought, very professional. Yeah. You're getting pretty good at this stuff. Oh, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Very good. And we got a special deal uh, for the month of 12. We're going to go find this. We got a special deal. You ready for this? Squarespace.com slash back to work. Did you ever check this, Dan, that we're getting the right, the, the right offer for this? Yeah, I believe sure. I mean, yeah, I checked it all. Okay, me too. I double checked it. Did you? Uh, you get 30%, no, 30% off for three months by going to squarespace.com slash back to work, sign up, use the offer code fine for Merlin and uh, you'll get that special deal and you can uh, bring in your blog or pop out your blog. You can just sit and do a whole blog uh, feedback loop, I guess, if yeah. you want to. But I love it. I love it a lot. Um, so uh, squarespace.com slash back to work. Thank you. They've been a really good sponsor uh, and a good friend of the show. And uh, to uh, they do some of your other programs too, don't they? Yeah, they've been a, a great kind of across the board type of sponsor, and uh, yeah, love them. Yeah, yeah, they're good people. And we're, I think, really seriously, thanks to to Baby Ryan for for being such a good friend to the show. <laughs> Mine from Merlin, Squarespace.com, back to work. Thank you very much uh, to Squarespace for uh, supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. <sighs> what is it that you keep Proud opening? What are you opening there? Is, oh, I'm sorry. This is my uh, my soda stream. Is it one bottle or are you opening bottle after bottle? Here, let me hear it again. Is that just the one bottle then? I'm halfway through uh, one uh, liter here. All right. I think I drink too much water, Dan. I think I might have water intoxication. Is there such a thing? Oh, you betcha. You betcha. Your, uh, your kidneys. Your kidneys will go south. You'll be like Duff McKagan. It'll blow How? up inside your body. Is that what happened to him? Hmm? Duff McKagan's pancreas blew up. And now he's an investor. Friends with John Roderick. Look it up. Uh, yeah, you don't want your pancreas exploding. You're going to need that later. You know what I mean? It's like keeping the blue copy. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so, uh, we're doing okay. Hey, we're doing okay. Hmm. I'm just looking at my uh, atomic clock here. Um, is this making sense so far, the uh, New Year's resolution stuff? I think it is. You know, I know I clear my throat too much, but I, I guess I should clear my throat enough to say that, like, obviously, if this is not a problem, you don't need this. But I think it is a problem. Uh, so, to review infrastructure, resources, basis, and care. I want to talk about what I think does work. If, if you do want something to be different in your life, and you know, it's funny, like we talked about doing our like summary of like what the show has been about for the last just short of a year. Yeah. And what's funny is there's something to this that actually is not a bad summary of the stuff you and I care about and talk about on this show. Because it goes to a lot of the reasons we have hangups and it goes to a lot of the weirdly non-obvious, obvious solutions um, that are simple if not easy. Hmm. And that's why I say fresh starts and modest changes. And what's the distinction? Well, New Year's, New Year's resolution for a lot of us, and again, not everybody, right? But for a lot of us, a New Year's resolution is a very zero or one thing, and it requires a giant leap in the way we live our life that may have no basis in reality. And if it had a basis in reality, A, like I say, you wouldn't need it, uh, or, or, or B, you, you wouldn't fail, in which case you wouldn't need it. And so to me, I like the idea of a fresh start and a modest change. A fresh start just means something like the DMZ, the email DMZ. So if you have a problem with an overloaded inbox, well, empty your inbox. Yes, if you want, go back and answer all of those later. But what a great fresh start. That means if you want to start January, why don't you start January 1st with an empty inbox? It's so much easier. It'll be so, let's just put it this way. When June comes along, there's a much better chance that you'll be where you want to be than if you'd sat on all that stuff that made you feel bad. Because now you're scared of your inbox, right? right? That's the whole basis of inbox zero in some ways is not, is until you have a better plan, getting the stuff out of there on a regular basis is not a bad way to go. 
And a modest change is oh, so disappointing. A modest change is to just try doing something a little bit differently. And you know, if you like making something that's going to be not hard to fail at, but something you're much less likely to fail at, mm. which means being honest with yourself about what you're capable of, uh, taking into account things like infrastructure and resources. You know, I, I mentioned the travel thing because that comes up for me a lot. When I travel, my life falls apart. I mean, I always, you know, one reason I always talk like joke about hotels and eating out of machines is it's brutal. Like you're completely at somebody else's tender mercies when you travel. You know, I still can't believe the people who get on the plane not having eaten. Like, like, like somebody's going to come along and like Jeeves is going to come bring them some silver charger like with, you know, roast beef on it. It's like, no, they're going to sell you like a $9 bag of potato chips. And, and, and like why, and you know, and, and seriously, the answer to this is not bring a medium-sized pizza on the plane. Did I tell you this story? No. Second or third time, perhaps the penultimate time that I flew by myself, the woman <laughs> in the seat next to me, she, she was incredibly flustered. She, I think I told you this story. She arrived and she filled up every cubic inch of space between the back of her seat and the floor in front of her, inclusive. Like she filled up the entire thing because she had brought with her the largest backpack I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> plus a roller bag, plus a giant purse, plus not, not like, it was like a jokey sized, I'm going to sleep on the plane pillow. You know, like one of those uh, buckwheat pillows, yeah. you know, like a giant one of these and a medium pizza. She brought a 12 inch pizza onto the plane. And, and you know, like those little tile puzzles where you got the 16 pieces, but 15 tiles. Her entire you, slide, you slide the little thing around. It's like a Rubik's Cube, yeah. you know, sort of. Like, that was her, the entire flight. And it was hilarious. She had her headphones there. She had her extra glasses. She and But just to, like, get to where she could put the tray down to put her pizza on it, she had to move her purse and her buckwheat pillow into my area. Not a huge deal. Don't keep doing it, right? <laughs> but the entire flight. And then at one point, she finished her pizza. She ate half of it. So I got to smell half a pizza for, for this flight. At some point, she reached into her like clown car of a purse and pulled out, she must've been a teacher. She pulled out what I would estimate to be three and a half inches of loose paper, like test stuff she had to grade. Oh man. She basically, if you can imagine buying a ream of paper at the, at the Walgreens, she mm -hmm. pulled this out of her purse. What's my point? Now, how to, how to, you can't believe that people show up unprepared. Yeah. They're unprepared on the yeah. pizza. So that's the problem. If you don't eat before you get on the plane, don't be surprised that you're going to get this really bizarro food. You right. get to the hotel room. What you know? I'm one of those guys where I end up getting the room service, and I hate myself for it. Why? I know it. It's, you know, you're on, you're traveling. Give yourself a break. I know, but it's give really yourself a break. Can I can I give you a get up get up to the room? You're tired. You've been telling, traveling all day. I be honest. Are you telling me I don't give myself a break? Is that the problem? Just in this, one give case. myself a break. We'll be back in a minute. So here's what I do. Like when I tried to go on the paleo, and I'm, I'm coming back to that gently. Still love the coconut oil. Still love the tequila. That part's going great. You get a nice sear with that tequila. So here's what I do. And this is really crazy, right? Uh, but for infrastructure, like if I'm trying to eat well, I, I've said this before, you know, in OmniFocus on uh, iOS, you know, you have a way to go in. Your contacts can have a location. Super helpful, especially on iOS 5. You know, on iOS 5 now, you can... If your reminders are iClouded up, you can talk to your phone and it makes an omni-focus entry. Oh, nice. If you say, remind me to FUBARBAT at 11 p.m. Um, and you go into, you flip the bit in omni-focus, that creates an inbox item. Hmm. You're welcome. That's giant. <laughs> so for me, you have context, right? You have a context like 
house or office or even something like drugstore, I have a context called steak because I want to know where the steak is. So worst case scenario, I like the, like a, staking a vampire. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, does Syracuse, Syracuse watch a lot of those vampire sex shows? I don't know about the, the vampire sex shows. He likes, think, he likes the ones with wizards, right? He's, he's vampire obsessed. That's that's yeah. obvious. Okay. That's very obvious. Did you, you know, like Gruber's bit about the girl hobbits? That was pretty funny. That was, there are there are no girl hobbits. Seriously, he was en fuego. Lost his license. So, it's worst funny. case scenario, I pull up my phone, I say, show me steak. And it finds steak on the map. But you know what? If I'm really smart, when I know uh, a trip is coming, and I've only managed to pull this off half a dozen times, but it's been great. I have a little <laughs> template <laughs> in TextMate. And before I leave, I, I check out where the hotel is. I call the hotel and I find out when room, room service starts and ends, just to have it there. I find out where ATM, I, I find the location on Google Maps of local ATMs, preferably more than one, local drugstore, a local place that delivers food, and local place that's like open late for food. And I have all of that like in a little text file with me. Now when I arrive, I'm not stuck like eating uh, Funyuns out of a machine. Right, you're prepared. Well, like I know that sounds crazy, but that's infrastructure. Like if I don't want to eat garbage out of machines and I'm going to be a grown-up, I have to think ahead about what my contingency plan is. Right. Always, always that, have a contingency plan. Well, it doesn't hurt. And the nice thing about a contingency plan, in addition to saving you from utter failure and hotel steak, Josh, uh, it, is that it forces you to think through the process. In the same way that getting things done encourages you to think through those physical steps, think about it. You arrive in the hotel room, right? Obviously, first thing you do, you disinfect everything. Right. You take, we'll go, you know what? Let's do a whole show on hotels. We should. But think about all that. Um, office supplies. Wouldn't it, it would be really good to know where the closest staples or office depot is. Oh God, why would you need that? What if your slide clicker doesn't work? Oh. Like what if you're, like in my case, when I was, I, I can't tell you how often I have to go somewhere and end up like having to make copies of something or, oh, well, wait a minute. If I didn't need to have copies, I should bring a thumb drive with me, Right. I think ahead on all that stuff. Well, what does it have to do with New Year's resolutions? Like if you haven't thought through the thing that's supposedly so valuable to you where you've gotten to this nerdy level that I'm at right now, well, of course you're going to fail. If you got family in town this week, you're not going to get to pick the food. You're not going to get to pick when you go to bed. You're going to have to wake up at weird times. You might sleep on the couch. You're going to be stuck with the equivalent of eating out of a machine. If you haven't accounted for that, it's going to suck. And, and I'm not an exerciser. But in the times that I've been an exerciser, I used to go to the Y at like five before we had a kid. We go, my wife and I would go to the Y at like five thirty because it's a great time. You get on the treadmill, you can take a sauna, take a steam. Well, this is really an obvious one that people know. But if you're just getting started, like yeah, I know you got to go buy your shoes and your runner's world and your technicals and all that stuff. Well, you know what? Have them all laid out. Have them all laid out and ready to go. Have your watch charged or your heart monitor, any of that crap you need. Have coffee ready to be made because now you're planning ahead. You, you, all you know that when I wake up, the very first thing I do is turn on the coffee and then I put on my shoes and I put on my clothes. And, and you know what? And maybe get straight out of bed, take a leak, brush your teeth and put on your running clothes because you're already in the mindset that says, I'm going to run now. Right? Really obvious. Right. Unless, in fact, in fact, you would have to go out of your way you know, to not do that thing that you wanted to do. That's, you know what? That's a perfect way to put it. And, and someday I will track down the actual source of this quote. I was at Veen's the other day, so I should have asked. But Veen always used to say... In yeah, I, was, uh, I was hanging out over Justin. I call him Jeff. You, you almost done? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bowman was there too, Doug Bowman. Mm-hmm. Um, nice kids. Try to make the right thing the easy thing. 
And, and you know, Jeff was, Jeff is, if you've ever seen anything, you know, you, you have a lot of this in your DNA too, Dan, in your web design. It's like, V would always start by taking everything off the page and starting with the one task that somebody would want to do on that page, which was a pretty revolutionary idea about <laughs> 10 years ago. But he would always say, try to make the right thing the easy thing. Like, if you want somebody to do something on the page, make it hard to not do that. Did you see that thing I posted today? Oh, yeah. One, totally did. Totally. I post, I do this thing on Flickr called noise to noise ratio. And it's sc- unbelievable screenshots of execrable web pages. And I finally found one today that on my iPhone screen had 53 characters of pseudo content and every other thing on the page was something you could accidentally click on that would make them a, a penny. Yeah. Right? In that case, the thing that they want you to do is click on an ad or Facebook it or whatever. They don't want to make it easy for you to find out how to make a Nike symbol on your iPhone. They want you to go click on some affiliate link and accidentally buy shoes or something, right? Whatever. That's what you're doing, though. You're making it easy. You're making it easy to succeed, but at, to your point, you're making it less. You're making. I don't want to say you're making it impossible to fail, but you're making it less likely to fail. Do you see the thread, though, Dan? The I thinking do. ahead part, the thinking ahead and thinking through part of this. And I know these all sound really obvious because if you're like really great at this, I mean, gosh, think about it, programming. You want to get better at programming. Well, if there's anything I know about programming, which is next to none. It's that with my feeble brain, I need 100% attention uninterrupted for the time that I'm working on it. I'm not playing at the level of like a, a you or a Syracuse or even a, a you know, Gruber or even, you know, Money Boy. Like I, if I, like I say, if I don't do my sequel often enough, I forget everything I know about it and have to start over. If I forget, I'm bad enough that like these brackets might not match up and I'll never get that back. Okay, well, if I'm trying to learn uh, some new scripting language, like, do I want to do that when I know I'm in the middle of a big assignment? Let's say my goal is really modest. Let's say I want to learn enough Python that I could make some little glue to turn this XML file into something. Well, that's actually kind of a lot. That's a, that's a lot to learn. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't want to do it when I'm in the middle of having that family there or when I'm traveling or any of that stuff. It's completely unrealistic. Um, so we, we're running out of time, so I should pick it up a little bit. I think in general terms, I'll give some specific ideas, but in general terms, the fresh start and the modest change means going easy on yourself, being honest, and being sane about what you can actually accomplish. So here's, here's like, first of all, make it small. Start small. You know, eh, you, can always, you can always be more ambitious later, right? But like I say, it's like first time you have intercourse with somebody, it's like not to do everything you've ever seen in penthouse. It's like not end up crying in an emergency room. And the same thing is true here. Don't try and do like the best version of this you've ever potentially imagined. You know, how, how about this for a quote-unquote New Year's resolution? I'm going to have my running shoes on by 6 a.m. And I'm going to be out the door for at least 15 minutes by half an hour after that. That's not a bad place to start. Like, I'm not allowed to come back in the house for 15 minutes. But, you know, Twilight Tharp talks about this in her book. Like, she feels like once she has put her running shoes on and gone down and called a cab, her day has begun. She's going to the gym as a MacGuffin. What it's really about is getting the shoes on and walking outside of her apartment. She's nutty as a fruitcake, but I mean, it's a great, it's a great anecdote. <laughs> um, so starting small, but here's the other part of starting small is, remember what you said about a vow, Dan? Like, yeah. imagine you were trying to stop what you consider a bad habit. Like, it could be biting your nails. The implication of a New Year's, let's say my New Year's resolution is stop biting my nails. Right. Well, let's finish that sentence. Stop biting my nails forever is what that means. How about this? How about you stop biting your nails for a week? You can totally imagine what a week is. And you could certainly, if you got the infrastructure in place, you bought some nice gloves that you liked, you could probably do that. 
it's really different from I'm never going to do this again. In AA, they talk about one day at a time. That's kind of what this is. Yeah. I just need to know if I, if I don't drink today and then I don't drink again tomorrow, like I'm really on my way further along than going, if I ever drink again, you know, I'm going to end up in a gutter. So yes, keep it small. I think yes, keep it time limited. Um, I, I'm still thinking about this, but maybe you can help me figure it out. Okay. Um, keep it action oriented to the extent possible. When you're getting rid of a bad habit, whether that's fingernail biting or onanism or a gallon of vodka a day, you're really committing yourself to an absence of something. So anybody who's you know, in, in the business of telling you how to quit something says replace a bad habit with a good habit. So while I would not want to advise people to have five interlocking New Year's resolutions, you know, if you want to, if you find yourself wanting to do your hated thing, at about the same time, like let's say you want to smoke after dinner or let's say you tend to drink your gallon of vodka starting around seven. Well, why don't you plan a walk at that point? Maybe you could say at, you know, at 630, I'm going to take a walk. And I like to, I call it a mission. You give yourself a mission. Here's my mission. My mission is um, I need to go, I can go and buy what? Something inexpensive. A pack of index cards at this place two miles from my house. Now you got a goal. It sounds stupid, right? But now you got a hook. Here's my hook. Every night I go and buy a new pile of index cards. Every night, I go and mail a letter at this one mailbox two miles from here. That is an action that replaces this absence right. of action. Your absence, like, you know, you have spent years and years and years getting to a point where you don't have to think twice about what you do at seven o'clock. And you, just saying, I'm not going to do that anymore is not going to cut it, right? If you, if you just decide you're going to quit smoking, well, you're either going to smoke again pretty soon or you're going to get fat as hell. Like, put something else in that place that's positive. I know this is inspirational. I'm sorry. So, small time-limited, specific, action-oriented. Does that make sense? I love it. I think that's really sensible. And then um, in terms of the advice part of this, finally, um, figure out what your tolerance for failure is. And my suggestion would be to have your tolerance for failure be extraordinarily high. Because go back to see also uh, step four, do you care? Like if you really care, it's okay if you fail. Because failure in this instance is a way of learning which parts of the spec you wrote poorly. Failure in this case means, wait a minute, let's go back. Like, like Syracuse was saying, like, you know, and Pearl, he loves how it'll show you like where this thing broke. Well, you need a way to go turn on your error checking and go back and find out like which parentheses you didn't close here. Bracket, whatever. You know, it, it, the thing is though, if you set yourself up for where it's either 100% forever or, or I suck, you're screwed. And no calendar is going to help you, right? No new running shoes are going to help you. None of that, any of that stuff is going to help you. So... You know, so there are some people, I have friends who succeed at things by making a giant commitment to something and then being so terrified that they can't miss it. I've never been great at that. I'm better off to say something like, I need to just show up for this thing every day. If I show up at this thing every day, something will happen. If I show up to write for 15 minutes every morning while the coffee's brewing, I kind of can't help but write. But really, I just need to do that tomorrow. And, and then after I do it tomorrow, hopefully I'll do it the next tomorrow. And I think that's the way you succeed at stuff. I think the stuff that gets vended and pushed down our throats all the time is this vision of somebody we have no business planning to be and no infrastructure for becoming. And then we end up uh, throwing away a lot of our life on feeling bad about what we haven't succeeded at. Right. And, uh, you know, the calendar changing is not going to change the material facts of that. So little things. I think taking walks. I think walks are great. You know, how about this? You're, you hate your job. You got to drive to work. Try taking a slightly different route to work. Try, if you're listening to lots of music, uh, try listening to a book. If you're listening to a book, try listening to music. Try something different. Just change it just a little bit. The modest changes 
are, you know, we always talk about the iterative process, iterative process of like when you work on something, you spend your time on something and you're rewarded by knowing where to focus your attention and vice versa. That's what the modest change is. It's not going out and buying a costume and like saying, now I'm a fireman. Right. It's a way of saying like, I'm pretty much how I am because I've spent my entire life becoming this person. And why in the world would I ever choose to, want to, or expect to have that all change on the basis of a clock moving? Like it's all on you. And so that's why um, I think these things help. I'd be happy to be more specific, but I think we're running out of time. I have, I have, I have something close to a resolution. Okay. Well, I'm, I thought you just said those were bad. Yeah. It's not really a resolution. It's, it's my, you know, my, my modest change is um, reading harder. Reading harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like somebody told me yesterday, I mean, this is a great antidote to the, uh, antidote? Antidote to the whole, like, you know how I get really super frustrated with all the, like, the dickhead blog post things and all the, you know, diggable headlines. Well, like yesterday, for example, there was a thing on Reddit, right when I'm in the middle of my heat of being kind of mad about GoDaddy about this process and being mad at myself for waiting to move these 121 domains. Um, somebody pointed me to a thing on Reddit that was like, oh my God, GoDaddy is now requiring that you send a written authorization mm. for this. People went ballistic. People yeah. flipped out. I'm not a Reddit reader. I find it a, not my cup of tea. But I went and I looked at it and I was like, wow. And then this person said this and then this person said this and this person said this. I have not followed up on this, but I stopped for a second. I could not find one scintilla of actual evidence that that was the case, even though that's what my brain wanted to believe. <laughs> and I'm going out and Googling around. It was basically one anecdotal story that fit into what a lot of people wanted to believe. And therefore, that became a real thing. I don't know if it's true. So far, I've changed one of my 121 domain names over to Namecheap and I didn't need a written authorization. So maybe the Reddit people are having bad luck. My, uh, my, my modest change is to start uh, reading past the headline reading the lead, deciding based on how well the lead is written, how credible the story is likely to be. And then a la Gruber talking about the whole vaccine thing, doing my due diligence. That's my change for this year, is getting past, and, and again, starting to trust, uh, learning who I can trust, and then learning who I can, at least for now, afford to ignore. But uh, I think that's going to hopefully make me a smarter person. What are you going to do? Dan? I'm not going to do... Any resolution. Good. I mean, if you're a Fabergé egg, you know, why buy a pan? <laughs> See you next year. Button this up? Sure. I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>